0: Are we on? We're on. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having
2: us, Nick. Yes, thanks, Nick.
0: You're very welcome. Uh, It's been a long time since I've had actually somebody in studio besides Kristen. She'll do some football shows with me. And I had a friend over one night and we randomly decided to sit down and do a recording. But I mean, I initially built this to be, you know, an in-studio kind of thing. And this table, like Will, built this for me. You know, Will. Yeah, of course. Uh, And... So I like I liked the setup, and I'm glad that I finally get to test it out. We got the new microphone in.
1: Wait, are we your first guests in
0: studio guests? Technically third. Okay, that's pretty good. But it's the first time I've had two people at the same time. Oh, so
2: we're the first three-way. Yes. Wow. Excellent. (laughs) And I've had I've had this extra podcast.
0: (laughs) I've had this extra mic on standby for a while because I was like gonna build it out like this, but I just didn't put it in until just recently. So
1: it's great. This is a great setup.
0: We're good to go. Yes. Um,
1: Thanks for having us. You know, this is a sports podcast, isn't it? Kind of like, what are we doing on a sports podcast? I was looking through this. I didn't know your podcast at all. I'm looking through. I'm like, hey, if we're going to be bitching about food on a sports podcast, is that okay?
0: Yeah, it's totally fine. It's whatever I want it to be. That's why it is the Shice Podcast. I I just (laughs) Whatever I feel like talking about that day is fine. Sometimes that's sports because
1: a lot of sports because there's a lot of sports yeah, yeah. you know it's well, guess what there's a lot of food
0: there's a lot of food bitching too. about
1: food that's, exactly that's what we want to try this is our inaugural podcast bitching about food and nick is nice enough to bring us on the show i'm kath gallagher
2: and i'm jan wham peter pan wow
1: okay that's jan <laughs> Pesson. we've known mm-hmm. each other for how many years 100, 44 yeah 40 and we want to start a podcast called bitching about food because that's what we do we bitch about food all day long. We bitch about food, we love food, we love cooking, we hate cooking. It's all mixed up and Jan, as you know, Thanksgiving is just around the corner. It's next week.
2: yeah, and you're doing all the cooking
1: yeah the f- the four fantastic. words the four words that every home cook hates to hear is what can I bring? right yeah, yeah. what can I bring? Because uh-huh. like that song, Mrs. Robinson, a nation turns its lonely eyes to me and my turkey. <laughs> if the turkey's bad, Nick, you know this if the turkey's bad who cares if the side dishes are fantastic, right?
0: That's true. I mean, I don't cook the turkey myself personally. Okay,
1: wait, wait a second. Because you do the most of the cooking in your house, right? I do. Yeah. Like most, like all of it, right? Occasionally your girlfriend will cook. Okay. Yeah. So what
0: about Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is usually more of a uh, team effort because we have Kristen's side of the family where we do our thanksgiving and we're gonna be out in agora this year so that's at like three o'clock okay and so it's trying to like budget room in my stomach and time in my own kitchen to do what i need to do but i don't really want to leave the oven running no. while i'm not here
1: but wait a second so you have to do two Thanksgiving. you go to your girlfriend's family for early thanksgiving and then you have your own late thanksgiving with your family
0: correct yikes it's a lot so who does the turkey we we outsource the turkey <laughs> to, <what? laughs> to like Whole Foods or Gelson's or something like that yeah I've
1: done that but it comes like a dried desiccated piece of turkey jerky I can't I can't do it but I'm already stressing about my turkey and it's still in the freezer so I don't know what the deal is. Uh, the turkey, it's the turkey's everything, Jan.
2: Yeah. You know who's not stressing? Me.
0: <laughs> Do you not cook at all for Thanksgiving? No, no.
2: No, she cooks I, every night for I her cook, mother. I cook. Yeah, I cook all the time. But on Thanksgiving, she does all the cooking and it's fantastic. Okay. It's like a yeah. day off. Yeah. I don't have to deal. I just show up, I stuff my face and I leave. Yeah. It's fantastic. And then she comes over the next night and has leftovers. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. It's great.
1: We have to introduce Jan's mother as a kind of character in our lives. She lives with her mom, who's 93, Frima, Frances Rose, a.k.a. Frima Razel, who talk about bitching about food. She's the champ.
2: Yeah. She's the queen. She's the only person I know who can be eating an incredible meal and suddenly stop and go... You know, (laughs) this reminds me of when I had a really great meal back in 1919. (laughs) I'm only exaggerating a little, just a tad. She's something
1: else again. She's going to be a big character on our show. And today I had a long discussion with my girlfriend Kathy in Wisconsin about stuffing because... I do, my my brother and my friend in Wisconsin and I had a discussion, separate discussions about stuffing. He does stuffing with organ meat and she, her father did stuffing with organ meat. And I do like a dressing from the Smitten Kitchen website, which was my first food blog, which is fantastic. Deb Perlman, her apple herb stuffing. It's so easy, but I don't know. Why would you do organ meat as stuffing at this stage of the game? What about yours? Like, what are you going to do for your Thanksgiving? What are you going to bring? What do you usually bring?
0: Well... I started, I guess, with Thanksgiving stuff of just making like cranberry sauce because I didn't like the wow. canned jelly cranberry sauce. <laughs> so I was like, I need to start small. And I wasn't the main cook at that time either. It was like, this is a family thing. My mom is making the turkey. I'll just make one thing.
1: Why weren't you the main cook at the time? Uh, because my mom was. Oh, oh. okay. So, okay.
0: so yeah, she, you know, Don't dealt with... stupid
1: question. <laughs> no, because I thought maybe because he became the main cook when he started dating his girlfriend. No. And she
2: wasn't cooking much. Okay, just shut up. Okay, A go little ahead, bit Nick. of that, too.
0: But okay. thank you, Nick. You're um, so supportive. So, like Jan. Yeah, like family Thanksgiving wise, it was always like my mom's going to make the turkey. Um, I'll eventually get on to making cranberry sauce. Yeah. And then she'd make the mashed potatoes, but we'd help with peeling. My grandma would bring over her stuffing that I'm only now learning, I think last year. That stuffing and dressing are different because yeah. one gets cooked inside the bird, one is out. Do they out. do
2: that anymore?
1: Well, I don't know. No, do I they? think I think stuffing and dressing are interchangeable terms. You can cook stuffing or dressing in or out of the bird, but my God, why on earth would you ever cook it in the bird at this stage of the game?
2: I don't think they do that anymore.
1: My aunt does it still. Really? My aunt in Florida, God love her. My mother used to. My mother used to too. My mother would make an organ stuffing, you know, with all that, like her, that old crank, that metal crank that you crank on the countertop. She would put like the gizzards and the liver and everything in the neck. She would boil all that crap up and then put that in the thing with the and mm-hmm. this and the that and when you sliced it it literally stood up on the plate you could stand it up like a piece yes, of bread super moist yeah super moist but it was baked inside the turkey right how did we not die of tome i don't, I don't know. know
2: but we didn't no So why now do we get, so I don't understand. Because I
1: think food was purer back then. I think, you know, I don't, I don't know. But anyway, I am not going to cook it in the turkey. My dressing is from Deb Perlman's genius website. And it's just apples and celery and bread and chicken broth, turkey broth, whatever. And that's it. I like it. You like my stuffing, don't you? It's delicious. Thank you, Jan. Your food
0: is delicious. Very supportive. Simple is often the best way to go.
1: Okay, but listen, for you making cranberry sauce, all you do is dump a bag of cranberries in some water and some sugar. How hard can that be? Okay, so you... You
0: would think not hard, (laughs) but then why were we buying canned cranberries for so many years? I'll
1: tell you exactly why, because canned cranberries are the only kind of cranberries that my boyfriend likes to eat. Mm. Even if I make cranberries from scratch, which I do with like chai masala spices. Like I put like coriander and cardamom and ginger and stuff like that in there because I love the warm spices in cranberries. But Dean only likes the canned jellied cranberries, which is good. I mean, I like that too. We have two kinds of cranberries. It's okay.
0: Yeah, we typically end up having both. Exactly. So it's not the end of the world. I did hang on to all of our Thanksgiving stuff like we i have the big turkey pan good still in the kitchen but i haven't (laughs) been brave enough to tackle the turkey like something about it taking like eight hours and having to baste it all the time i was like this is so much work and i'm not going to be home for a a reasonable portion of the day
1: it's very intimidating it is very i used to do this whole thing with a wet brine I used to do this wet brine with apple juice and cloves and cinnamon sticks and orange peels and all this crap. Then I discovered the Russ Parsons dry brine Judy Bird method on food 52, which was life changing. But you have to start. I'm starting tomorrow. Like I'm starting my defrosting tomorrow. I start brining on Sunday. We don't eat until next Thursday. It's a little scary, but that's okay.
0: Yeah, that's a much higher level than I'm (laughs) at right now. I mean, I'm I'm a solid home cook. You are. I I make... Eh, when when I'm really cooking all the time, I'm making probably 90% of our meals, and then we'll eat out here and there, but... Yeah.
1: That's kind of what I have going on, 90%, and then we eat out, because Dean doesn't really cook.
0: It's scaled back now to more like 70, 30, 60, 40. Yeah, you know, during
1: the pandemic, it was like 100%.
0: Like, yeah. Well, there's times where I'll, like, I'll go to the market, and I'll be ambitious, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to get a bunch of stuff, I'll freeze it, and then just... One day at a time, like, what's in the fridge? What am I going to make? And that's, that's kind of what I did yeah. last night where it's like, okay, I know I have a pork tenderloin in there. I'm going to...
2: Ooh, how do you make that?
0: Uh I, yeah. t- I typically will sear it in the pan just so it's seared on each side a little bit. yeah, And then cook it in the oven for... 15 20 minutes depending on how but what big it is of, what kind of
1: seasoning are we talking about
0: uh i have a garlic herb seasoning that just was like a you know mm. pre-mixed bottle that i grabbed somewhere but it's actually pretty good um <laughs> so i didn't like i didn't work hard i what i would do is i'd buy like some of the vacuum sealed packs where there's like two in each of them yeah and so then i would cut those open season them differently depending on what i had in the house and then kind of mark them of like okay this one's seasoned this way it's going in the freezer this See? one's seasoned this way going A in the freezer.
1: home cook who freezes in advance am i right huh am i always in my freezer in the garage pulling She's baggies always
2: out? always in the freezer but i think it's not food But anyway, it's totally food.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Once it's frozen, it's not food anymore. No,
1: she thinks that I'm hoarding cookies and brownies and cakes in there, which I'm Ah. not. I'm hoarding baggies of delicious food that I do on power cook weekends where I motor through like seven dishes and make a bunch of stuff and then put it in baggies. It started during the pandemic and I haven't been able to stop.
0: Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with hoarding cookies and cake and ice cream and stuff in there. Thank you, Nick. You're
1: so supportive. (laughs) Unlike Jane. I'm okay, very wait. Supportive. So wait. So let's. You graduated to from cranberries only to now. What are you also bringing for Thanksgiving?
0: Um, I'll do the mashed potatoes okay. this year. So where do you uh, get that recipe? Uh, I don't. I just looked up a recipe, and I was like, okay, how long is it going to take me? Um, like I figure I'm going to have to peel these. So it's like I piece some of the stuff together because I had some experience yeah. at that point. Um, <laughs> that's the only thing, <laughs> right? I, I've, had,
1: I've had no, I traditionally i finally found a great recipe also on food 52 mr L's mashed potatoes for those of you who care but i have had the hardest time with mashed potatoes over the years i that's one of those dishes that i only make at thanksgiving and i never make it any other time and our friend brian makes an amazing mashed potato but it you know and my friend mark is like everybody can make mashed potatoes it's totally easy it's one of those dishes that has constantly flummoxed me
2: do you ever make them from scratch for frima no they're a lot of work so i'm not into that it's but, a lot of work. But the key is butter. Yes.
1: Yeah. Butter. The key to everything is butter. I it's just know. butter.
2: More <laughs> butter is better. And sour just cream. Butter, too. butter, butter. Yeah. Sour cream, butter. Yeah. Sugar. I have. Salad sugar cream. i don't put sugar in my not potato. in the potatoes i was just i put sugar in general. your
1: in the kugel that i make for frima at christmas so yeah it's my kugel
2: the kugel's delicious yeah yeah
0: so as you can see my trajectory is like trying to tackle like the easiest things yeah one by one until i can get better at some of the other stuff or until i'm brave enough to tackle Doing a turkey, but... So now you're doing cranberries and potatoes. Potatoes. And that's it for this year. I might do vegetables, but depends on whether or not my sister will be here to actually, like, operate the oven or if she wants to make vegetables. And by vegetables, Um,
1: are you talking about a green bean casserole?
0: No, I'm not going to make a casserole, but I'll typically do, like... Just like peas, carrots, yeah. corn, medley, something like that. Yeah. Uh, we have like Normandy style vegetables. I don't know what that means, but it's <laughs> cauliflower and carrots and broccoli. Uh, uh, so that's in the freezer already. Yeah. Um,
1: I, get the, I get the roasted frozen corn at Trader Joe's and make that with butter and mint. Totally easy. That sounds nice. Totally easy.
2: My mother used to make... They were petit pois peas with small onions in a cream sauce. Oh,
1: yum. My mom used to make those creamed onions, too. I tried, but they're such a pain in the ass. My God, they're a pain in the ass. I know, they are good. Delicious. It's a pain in the ass. It sounds good. I like onions. Who's doing the turkey?
0: Again, probably Whole Foods. Outsource. We haven't figured it out yet because... I mean, this is this was going on right before you came here is that I'm still texting my family like, hey, I reached out to everybody a couple weeks ago nobody gave me an answer oh, on right. what we're doing. And we're booked from like three to six. So what's happening? And then my stepdad's like, well, I'll ask my son who's in the text thread and not answering. <laughs> and uh, Susie is I think she's going to have like. My sister's over at like one for like cocktails and some appetizer type stuff. And I'm like, "But that's a long window between, you know, one o'clock and eight o'clock. So this is really
1: less about the food and more about like family juggling. Yes. Because you're all going to eat something at some point during the day.
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, And I mean, I'm going to have basically a pre-dinner dinner dinner where I'm going to just try and keep it light. So at least I'll get my turkey fix already beforehand. But the thing that I have switched over to making is I do tri-tip most of the time on Thanksgiving or I I don't remember if it was Christmas or Thanksgiving last year where I did a pot roast for the first time. And so that was nice because it's like I can just throw it in the slow cooker and we can leave. And when we come back, it'll be ready.
1: Yeah, perfect. Jan, did you notice that Nick told me earlier that he was getting his turkey at Whole Foods and then I asked him again because I didn't remember like five seconds later.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I did. And oh I my was God. scared for you. That's a nightmare <laughs> but that's okay. Oh my God. okay that's so all right <laughs> she's still cooking. That's all yeah, I, I so care
1: cooking. about. Yeah, so So wait a second. so okay. So all right. I want to move on to another subject which is the time of day that we eat dinner because I when I was growing up, we always had super early Thanksgiving, like two, three o'clock in the afternoon, mainly because my mom got up early and started the turkey and we when it was done, we ate. So I always have a pretty early Thanksgiving dinner. It's a lot of food. We're not young people. We want to digest our food in a, you know, a decent amount of time. But my friend Catherine, who's French, she basically sits down to her Thanksgiving around nine o'clock at night. And I can't, I don't know how she does it.
0: That's kind of late, even for me.
1: Yeah. And you're going to have two two meals inside of you. So you're going to be like, oh, God.
0: I know. So. If I can avoid having turkey at the second dinner, then, yeah, you know, maybe I can stay awake long enough to actually enjoy dessert.
1: But there's not going to be any pressure. Nobody's going to say to you, why aren't you eating turkey? Because you can say, I just came from a grower and I had some turkey.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if it's just my history personally with turkey or the history of turkey but <laughs> i've never had like a really juicy enjoyable turkey we've oh. deep fried it we've brined it we've cooked it so many different ways throughout the years and i just decided like it's always going to be dry and nasty so i'm going to make a steak or something and that's how i eventually got onto yeah. tri-tip so obviously there's some tips oh, that i'm yeah. that i'm missing out on
1: i love turkey i love it and you know i just don't get it any other time but thanksgiving but i love it that's why i want the turkey to be really really good But it is a bit of, uh, I mean, it's a little pressure. You know, the Food Network, all these Food Network and and bloggers right now are like, Thanksgiving, isn't it great? You know, a lot of home cooks are sitting here going, shit, we have to do this? Is it next week, really? Like you know, people are freaking out, seriously freaking out. It's not all what you see on the Food Network. It's not all what you see on TV. It's not all what you see on on the blogs where everybody's celebrating. A lot of people are like, oh God, is it here already? It seems like we literally just cooked Thanksgiving.
2: My father used to drop the turkey. Like he, yeah, when he would, he would be, he would pick Arnold. it up,
0: pick like it slam up. it on the floor.
2: No, like literally, because my mother would spend all day cooking this fabulous turkey. We used to get kosher birds, so they were actually pretty damn good. Her mother
1: was a fabulous cook back in yeah. the day.
2: So one time he was taking it out, and they would always be fighting, like, he was like, I got it. No, you don't, Arnold. Yes, you do. No, you don't, Arnold. And and, and he was picking it up, and I don't know, it just, he was c- going to carve it, and it's just slipped and fell on the floor, the whole turkey. And my mother picked that thing up so fast it made your head spin, and she's like, all right, go ahead. It's like, it didn't happen. Yeah, you still Anything ate it. Anything that falls. not oh. Five
0: second rule. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't was, know if, I don't know if I could get away with that.
2: You still ate it. Why? <laughs> you don't tell people. Of course That's not. That's true. Yeah, no, you don't tell you just, people. Just, you just guilty know, conscience. People don't know what's going on yeah what they're being served nothing
0: happened in here look away
1: yeah yeah so yeah. here's what i'm having i'm having no appetizers because i can't you know it's just too much food i'm having turkey and gravy oh let's talk about gravy okay so gravy is something that i sort of feel like i do not want to be hauling ass with gravy at the 11th hour when everyone's sitting at the table going well, where's dinner no I do this thing and my brother does it too. My brother goes the extra mile. My brother will actually go and buy turkey wings and legs and roast them the week before and make his brown fond or whatever he has to make and make the gravy from that. I do it from a roasted chicken. I roast a chicken like a couple of weeks before Thanksgiving, serve it to Dean. Great. I make the gravy from that because quite honestly, who can really tell the difference between chicken and turkey gravy? I can't. Not too many people can. I'm sure a lot of professional food people could, but nobody cares. My chicken gravy is delicious.
0: So that's all that matters.
1: Yeah. Gravy, turkey, mashed potatoes. um, What else? Stuffing. Two kinds of cranberries. Biscuits. Oh, yeah. I finally perfected my biscuit game. Like I can make homemade scratch biscuits. By the way, I never got anything the other oh, day.
2: Oh, they were delicious. Thank you so much. You know what? You didn't like them, did you? <laughs> no, <laughs> I did. They were delicious. I gave
1: Jan... We live next door to each other. Okay. I gave her some of my new, my newly perfected homemade biscuits. I gave her two right out of the oven. Did I get a peep from her or her mother? I am so sorry. Bup kiss. But sorry this. that's okay
2: sorry
0: they were busy enjoying its delicious flavor that
2: is true good save nick
1: no that is very <laughs> very true her. yeah
2: anyway so i didn't have mine to the next day and my mother's my mother woofed hers down and said mm, pretty good which means uh, pretty high
1: praise from that's, that's high praise that's pretty high praise that's from very Fermat, high I have praise to say. yeah but so. the powers that be in my house like the pillsbury pop out of the two biscuits so i make those at thanksgiving because you know when dean cuts his circle of cranberries from his (laughs) cranberry can and he puts it perfectly on his biscuit that he's open and puts turkey on it you know he's a happy camper
0: they're the same size for a reason
1: yeah he's a happy camper (laughs) and then (laughs) jan's gonna bring her delicious salad i'm gonna make which nobody eats no i'm gonna eat salad And I'm going to make Brussels sprouts with pancetta and fish sauce, which I love. And then I'm going to br- uh, make my corn with mint and butter. And then for dessert, I'm making my maple pecan pie squares with cinnamon whipped cream. And our friend Louie's bringing apple pies from Polly's Pies in Long
0: Beach.
2: The end. Delicious. Done. That sounds good. Do you, do you edit this? I hope. Yes. <laughs> Thank God.
0: No, everything's fine so far.
2: Okay. What What are we editing out? I don't know. <laughs> There's so
1: much to choose from. I just don't know. But why do I have 56 pages of Thanksgiving notes in my Google Docs where I keep all my recipes? Why?
0: I mean, why? that's a you thing. Yeah. Why? Oh, Indeed. Ad- you admit- tell us.
1: Admittedly, the font is big because I'm old, but 56 pages of everything I've done all Thanksgiving since 2009 is a little obsessive. But Do I go- you
0: go back and use it?
1: Yeah. I refer to it. Yeah. Mostly it's filled with what not to do. Mm. <laughs> like you blew this because of this, 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 and that. So yeah. And I think I kind of have it
2: down. I think I well, have it down. my mother said this past, the, not this Thanksgiving, obviously, we haven't had it yet. But the last one you did, she said it was absolutely delicious. Oh, well, and, I'm hoping for that again know, this year. We'll see. It's high praise. Jan walks in
1: every year and she goes,
2: hope it doesn't suck. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean. It doesn't suck for me. You're not supposed to
0: verbalize that.
2: Well, <laughs> I can tell you right now it doesn't suck for me because I'm not cooking it. So that's a treat. The only you reason you
0: I'm show worried about... up with a salad and you're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm the only reason,
1: yeah. The only reason I'm worried about my turkey is that it's a 20 pound turkey this year. I got a Oof. 21 pound turkey. It's big this year because I want a lot of turkey leftovers. But cooking a big bird can be super tricky. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. We'll report back on our second podcast, bitching About Food. Yeah. So, this is it. Okay. If, if you think this podcast has legs, email us at B-A-F-Pod at gmail.com. I made a little Gmail. bitching About Food. B as in boy, A as in apple, F as in fuck. Thanksgiving's next week. Can BAFPod you B-A-F-Pod. Yeah. B-A-F-Pod at gmail.com. Yes, you can say fuck on podcast jam. I did not know that. Well, I, yeah. I
0: have the explicit warning tag. Yeah. How oh, um, you do. Uh, yeah, uh, okay. it's there. I Got mean, it. I don't I'm not often dropping the F bomb, but there's yeah. there's occasions where it happens, especially when my team loses. They're oh. they're playing on Thanksgiving, so that's another consideration. Who's, oh wait,
1: yeah, we don't have football going on in my house because nobody cares. Do you who's, have use your team?
0: I'm a Bills fan.
2: Oh, wait. Okay.
0: Explain Buffalo who... Bills.
2: And what sport is that?
0: They're a football team. They oh. play in Western New York. Okay. And
2: they played in, they won, I think, in 1968.
0: 1966. They won the last uh, AFL championship.
2: How the shit. Do you know this? How do you know this? <laughs> i just made it up i didn't know are you kidding me i'm not i know it i knew that they had been hot at one time but i knew it was a very long time ago that's this what i true. knew who's so. the other
1: team that they're playing
0: uh they're playing the detroit lions
2: Ooh, who also sucked for a very, very long time. I
0: mean, who's they, you could to... say they still suck this year. I like watching them because they're fun and they got nice uniforms, but they're who's, not very good. Who's
2: favorite to win?
0: The Bills should win that game, but I don't know when the game is yet, so I don't oh. know if it's the morning game. I don't know if it's the afternoon game. I don't know if it's the evening game. Wait, there's two games? There's three games. On Thanksgiving? There might be two, but right. there's there might be three also. I haven't checked. It's a week away and I haven't checked. It's a sports I'm not podcast prepared. and you haven't checked. Well, yeah, because <laughs> it's coming up. I'll get to it when I do my show on Saturday and I'll, I'll plan accordingly
1: oh my god football for me is i just you know i told my brother who watches football i said you know the reason that you understand football is that you sat with dad in front of a football game from the time you were little all the way up until he died and so you understand that there's like ten thousand rules but i mean i just look at that and i'm like i don't know what's going on and i don't know what rule they just broke but i see a flag and i'm out
0: yeah. Well you gotta penalize people sooner or later because there's some guys that play pretty dirty out there.
1: Yeah. Stick to the kitchen. Yeah. Well that's what I need to do.
0: Speaking of the kitchen, I'm gonna come back to something you had mentioned about salad, but first oh. I wanna know where like this idea to actually like get together, sit down, make a show, like where did that come from?
1: I felt like I wanted to give voice to the person in the kitchen who is responsible for the food. Because in every household, my experience is that it's usually one person. One. I rarely, Susie and Will are actually a good example of of a couple that actually share the cooking duties. Most of the time, it falls to one person. And this especially became apparent during the pandemic, I think. Because a lot of women were like, oh shit, we can't go out to dinner. We can't, you know, nothing's going on. So I wanted to kind of, Talk about what that's like, because I love food. I love cooking food. I love to eat food. I love creating food. But I also get very frustrated by the fact that it's kind of a never-ending kind of thing. Like you have to eat every night, basically. You have to do something. And if you don't go out to dinner, which can get quite expensive, you have to dream something up.
2: And if you're cooking not just for yourself, if you have others to cook for or somebody else to cook for... It becomes a job. Yeah. I mean, you have to... A job
1: that we enjoy, but it's still a job. She has to cook for her mom. I cook for my boyfriend, which I enjoy. I told him today, this is a labor of... This is... When I cook for you, it's an expression of love. But my God, it's just so much goddamn work. And you know this too, because you're the the chief cook and bottle washer in your house. You know? And you're like, shit, we have to do this all again next week. Like, it's just... It's not like something that you can step away from from time. Like you can't take three months off of cooking, unless you're sick. You know, like do you can you imagine spending all that money taking three months off of cooking? No. So I mean, it's challenging. It's challenging, and I've, I I wanted to speak to that because, you know, the Food Network. I I I am kind of down. On, I I I like food bloggers better because they speak to the home cook. I have my issues with them too, but I have bigger issues with like the Food Network and the Cooking Channel because it's all about like, hi, I'm in my fabulous kitchen and look, I'm just going to whip up a 30-minute meal. There's no such thing as a 30-minute meal. There really isn't. I mean, it's just... Come to my house. (laughs) When your kitchen exists inside
0: of a studio, maybe you can make a 30-minute meal pretty easily. Exactly.
1: That's the thing. I mean, I look at some of these people on the Food Network and I'm like, oh, I see the secret of your success with this dish is that that pot that you're using costs, you know... $1100. You know what I mean? Like if I had a Calphalon pot that was like that that I could use for whatever, I could probably do some stuff too. Now that said, I have a lot of great cookware because my boyfriend, God rest love him, is an antiques dealer. Okay. So he will find the most unbelievable things at estate sales. I have a whole collection of Le Creuset that I could never ever ever have afforded on my own if it hadn't been for him. So I have wonderful cookware. So I have a lot of tools that I can work with. But still, I just look, I think, "Oh, you know, what, what would happen if we just suddenly stop, if I suddenly stopped cooking? What would happen? You know, I and mean, what would we do?
0: You'd both look at each other and be like, uh, what are we going to do? Where are we ordering what from What are we tonight? doing? Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. So I don't know. And Jan cooks for her mom every night and, and, you know, her Yeah.
2: Because mo- prior to my mother living with me, I did not cook like I cook now. But what did you do for food? I, I would, I didn't care. It wasn't even on my radar. You just was, came home and had some crackers. I, and... Yeah, I would have. I would make a pot of dal and eat eat it all week. And a friend of mine once said to me, "You eat like you're in prison. <laughs> like you just eat." She makes delicious dal. I, eat
1: her recipe for dal is what, fantastic. What is dal? It's like a lentil stew okay. with it's ginger. Ind- Indian. Indian. It's lentil, Indian spices, ginger, garlic. And Jan's recipe and tomatoes, Jan's recipe is simple and wonderful and fantastic. And when we do get a blog, we'll publish that recipe on her, our blog. Well, it's somebody else's recipe. Though. Well, yeah, it's but not everything really I nice. cook is somebody else's recipe. It yeah.
0: always starts as somebody else's recipe until yeah. you take it and you That's craft right. it. And That's right. Oddly enough, as you were coming in here, I was working on a movie review of uh, Tar, which came out a couple of weeks ago with Kate, Kate Blanchett.
2: Oh, how is it?
0: It's excellent. Um, Wait,
2: T-A-R, Tar? T-A-R. I'm curious to see that.
0: Uh, She plays a classical Western music conductor, and part of it is she's, like, in this position of power, and as I was writing about it, I've kind of lost my train of thought here, but it happens. It's okay. Okay.
1: You mean the review kind of got away from you in a way? Like you were starting to review this movie and all of a sudden you realized you'd been writing or talking for a much longer time than you had originally anticipated? Yeah,
0: which is the sign of a good movie. But I remember my point now. She sits down (laughs) in the very beginning of the film and she's talking about like what her role is as uh, the conductor. And it's not to just like hit the notes of the pieces that she's having the orchestra play. It's like she views it as this thing that's now hers because like she's interpreting how the piece was written, why it was written at the time it was written. So there's a lot more to her role in the orchestra than simply like keeping time and going through the motion. So I think similarly back to my point was about recipes in that you know, when I don't know how to make something or I'm trying something new, I'm like, okay, I'm going to look up a recipe. So I understand timing, temperature, things like that. And then I make it and I'm like, okay, well, I wish it would have been sweeter or saltier or spicier or something like that. And so I like, I tweak it and I make my notes on it. And eventually like that version of the recipe becomes mine.
1: Yes, that's exactly, that's the, There's a blogger out now, a young one, really good, Justine It's Her website is Justine Snacks. And her whole thing is make a recipe once, follow the directions exactly. After that, you own it. Make it however you want, which I love. Yeah. But on the other hand, there's some food bloggers that really go the extra mile. They're like, here's the recipe that I've just put forth, but play around with it. Do whatever you want. And I think to myself, you know what? I'm actually on this blog because I want you to tell me what to do. Like, I'm experienced enough now that I can do whatever I want. But if I were a novice cook, I would not want to be doing whatever I would want. I would want to follow the recipe so that I would know what to do. But I don't know. It's two schools of thought, I guess. You do whatever you want kind of thing or follow the recipe exactly. Now, you were telling me in our little off-camera conversation here that your girlfriend, when when she does cook, she makes rather complicated dishes and she follows the recipe exactly and they require some special ingredients which also drives me crazy. The special ingredients thing that you have to order sometimes if you want to make something new Talk about that. Like how does she does she have to follow the recipe exactly or does she futz around with it a little bit or like
0: well it's like she knows like her Swedish meatball recipe and lasagna and I mean I don't want to throw her under the bus here, but no, we're celebrating her food. There is a a meal that she makes that I I dubbed it beige plate because (laughs) everything is beige about it. It's like pasta with stuffing cubes, with chicken, with like a kind of like a gravy sauce. It tastes good. It doesn't look appetizing though. And so kind of like in my own mind of how I prepare food, I'm like, I want it to look good, I want it to smell good, and I want it to taste good. And so like if I can get all three of those things lined up, it makes for like a good dining experience. Yeah. Even if it's like I'm not running a restaurant or anything. No, no but... but
1: Holly Haynes says you eat with your eyes. Yeah, exactly. Like true.
0: oatmeal is something that I don't eat regularly because no. it's never appealed to me visually. Yeah. So I like I like a lot of color on the plate. I like a lot of uh, different like textures working together as yeah. well. And for her working off of specifically recipes is I think it's a little more time consuming because like she feels like she's going to mess up. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest hurdle. Yeah, Yeah. That's
1: a legitimate fear. And the thing about Thanksgiving, getting back to Thanksgiving is it's all about, you mentioned timing. It's all about the timing, like the timing. How do you time when you make something? I finally learned that there are some things you can make the night before, you know, like I already made my gravy and my pecan pie squares. Those are in the freezer. But you can make things the night, I can make my stuffing the night before, I can make my potatoes the day of, but then when it actually comes down to when the turkey is done, how do you coordinate everything at the end to make it all come to the table at the That's same hard. time? That's hard. It's very hard. It's hard. And you know what fucks you up every year is those fucking biscuits. They take forever. They take 25 minutes. That's like a long time to wait for a biscuit to cook.
2: Do you want to use my oven this year?
1: No, I, okay. I don't. I Because I, I kind of have it all written down as to how I'm going to do it, but... I, I don't know then then if you then if suddenly the biscuits are done and then I have biscuits but everything else isn't ready then I'm screwed so mm. I have to just kind of
2: I like the analogy of a conductor though That's that really is when I think now that I'm like cooking for someone else and making sure they're happy. I think about all those years growing up with my mom and all the holiday meals and all the meals and all the shopping and the. Yeah, she had four kids. OMG. Yeah. That was a lot of work. Yeah. A lot of work. And
0: my mom was the same way. Single mom, four kids. And like the fact that she could ever cook anything.
2: Was she a good cook?
0: She was a good cook. She didn't usually cook. Um, like, during the week too often just because she worked long hours. She's picking us up from school, like, sometimes, like, 6 to 7 o'clock. I'm, like, the last kid there with the the counselor just, like, waiting to go home. Yeah. Uh, And But who was
1: the chief cook in your house growing up? It was
0: her. My dad passed when I was 7, and uh, so she was the one who would cook when cooking was happening, but it just became a lot more convenient to get fast food and, you know, keep – keep things that are easy to make quickly in the house. But when she cooked from scratch, she was a good cook.
1: Yeah. What about your stepdad? Did he ever, did he ever cook?
0: He's got like a meat spaghetti dish that my sisters love. And I don't remember ever eating it. So he's made it for them, but I don't think he's ever made it for me. So it's hard to comment on whether or not he's actually a good cook
1: what does he do for food now? Does he live on... That's a
0: fair question. I don't know. Yeah. He won't tell me. That's interesting, isn't he, it? I mean, he... Like, he'll go and he'll get his food from, like, Chicken Cafe, or... He was obsessed with, like, Schnitzel for a while, all of a sudden, out of nowhere. Dean loves
1: Schnitzel. <laughs> he loves their corn dog. Yeah. It, yeah. Became,
0: it became his go-to thing. Uh, in terms of what he, like, does regularly in the house, I've offered to do, like, food prep for him. I'm like, I'll come over, I'll cook, we can, like, freeze and refrigerate a bunch of stuff, and then you'll have meals, because when he comes over on Sunday and we do family dinner I I typically, like, have some leftovers, and so I try to send him home with something so that it's like, I know you have, like, good quality, like, homemade food ready to go. And he'll... Does he take it? He does. He was resistant for a while, and then... I think he took it home and ate it and was like, wow, it was really delicious to have this (laughs) the next day. And I was like, yeah. So don't feel like you're inconveniencing me to like take some of the leftovers. It's easier for me to like not have, you know, stuff that I probably won't get around to eating at some point. Yeah. Um,
1: what What did Frima do for food before she came to live with you? What did she do for dinner?
0: I don't, you know, I don't know.
2: I think before she cooked more. She cooked more. When she lived on her own. Yeah. You know, she's 93 now.
1: Yeah, but she's been with you for how many years out here? Three, four. So she was 89 in her kitchen in Kentucky. What was she making? Jan's Uh, from Kentucky. Her mom's from Kentucky.
2: You know. I don't know what she made. I yeah, I have no idea anymore. I mean, she she used to make a lot of meals, a uh, brisket, uh, you know.
1: And then just eat it for a week. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And you can freeze brisket too, which yeah. I didn't know. And then, you know, like you can do a lot of things with eggs. You can make a salami pimento on cheese with mustard, cook it in the oven. Mm. Delicious. That's a kosher salami, by the way. Mm-hmm.
0: I do uh, like salami. Mm-hmm. I
2: love yeah. salami. You never cough that up for me. Ever. I'll make you one of those sandwiches. Okay, I'll hold They're my delicious. Breath. I'll um, hold my breath. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't know. Stuff. Yeah, so that's why I wanted to talk about food in a semi-celebratory but also a try and keep it kind of a real kind of a way in terms of how much actual work it is. I want to talk about that and I don't know, I just want to see where this goes cuz I think that bitching about food is a broad enough subject that we can We can talk about food in a good way and in a bad way. We're just, we're just bitching about it. We're just talking about it. You know, we're chewing the fat. That's another name. It could be chewing the fat. But I think that's, I like bitching about food better.
2: Yeah, than chewing the fat. But I mean, (laughs) yeah, those are my choices. I'm picking bitching about food. (laughs) Yeah. But it's also hard to find good food. Yeah. I find. Yep. Especially in LA. I, I hate find to say it, it very difficult. I hate to say it. I mean, unless I, you're paying out the nose, yep, out the wazoo. You know, I can't go to Nobu every other weekend no. and eat there. It's. We both grew up in
1: Chicago. We both came hard. up in Chicago where you can walk out of the street and go to the corner and there's something fabulous yeah. on every corner. Out here, it's like, oh, am I really going to drive all the way to San Gabriel to get decent Chinese food? I mean, it's like,
2: I, yeah, I, I just can't. It's bizarre here. I can't. Do you think that's this...
0: part of like LA restaurant culture in that like LA like, has a brand, and it's, like, if you have a restaurant in Los Angeles that's popular, like, you have almost the right to charge uh yeah. exorbitant amount of money. For, and
2: for yeah. pacacta food. Yeah. I mean, it's Bad. just, like, what? Bad.
0: Well, Bad. We, we went to Scratch Kitchen when they had Sushi Bar uh, in Encino, and that's, like, 17-course, like, single-piece sushi, and... You know, it's like $300 for the two of us. And it was like, yeah, it's delicious, but like, I'm not full.
1: Is it $300 delicious, though? That's the thing. Mm, That's Mm. a
0: good question. I was like, because most of the time when we're going to get sushi, we'll go to a place that we know that does all you can eat. It's like. 40 bucks. Yeah. Maybe. That's bad. But
2: I, yeah. I, I won't go to an all you can eat sushi no. place. I just won't no. do it. We're very, no. we're very food snobby when it comes to our no. restaurants. It, it's hard here. Cause
1: Chicago, when you come from Chicago, you're like, Oh, what happened to all those fabulous restaurants that we used to go to? Now it's out here.
2: It's yeah. hard. And I find all the restaurants cause I moved here in 1995. 2000 yeah. for me. Yeah. 1995. I moved out here and you know, I'll find a restaurant that I really like and then it's gone. and, and Or it changes. Rent is expensive out here. Or it changes. Some yeah, in, or some, it changes. Yeah, in some weird way. And then when you go back and it's terrible and it's like, well, what happened? I know. And people in Chicago were like,
1: yeah, but you get all those great ingredients at the farmer's market out there. And I'm like, yeah, it's great ingredients if you're cooking once again. I can go to the farmer's market. And by the way, the farmer's market is not cheap. No,
0: it's not. To go and buy all these
1: fabulous things and then come home and actually work again after I just spent all this money. If I'm going to do that, I'm just going to,
2: you know, buy food and cook it. I'm not going to. I'm not saying there aren't good restaurants in LA. Of course there are. It's just. It's like finding a needle in a haystack. They're not near me. No. And the one, you know, the ones I really like, they're very expensive. So that's another reason why I've been forced to cook more than when I, like, say, lived in Chicago. Exactly.
1: This is the bitching part. We're bitching about Mm. the L.A. restaurant scene, baby. I'm bitching. Because
2: there's no pizza joint, like, or Chinese joint, or any joint near me where I can just run in and grab something and I know it's going to taste great. No. No, it truly. doesn't exist. You have to
1: drive for freaking ever to get anywhere. You know, anywhere. and I finally perfected my pizza game so much that nobody wants to go out for pizza anymore because my pizza is so good. And I'm like, that's oh, great.
2: Where would we go for pizza? Exactly. Because where we they, are?
1: They closed Grimaldi's in El Segundo, so that's I out, mean.
2: So yeah, I don't know. I'm out by the airport. Sorry, mm. but there's not a lot. No. Slim Pickins. Yeah. Slim yeah, pickings. I mean,
0: if you're by the airport, it's like. The, yeah. f- the food is oriented for the people that are staying in airport hotels. Yeah,
2: yeah it's not, not great. Not great. Not no. great. So
1: that's we bitch about that too. Like why isn't there any decent, but why did I have to spend all this money and uh, anyway, so. Yeah. We cook because we want to save money because we love the people that we live with and because it's a creative outlet for us and for me, you know, it's, it's meditative. Baking bread is meditative. Making dumplings is meditative. You know, doing stuff in the kitchen for a long period of time is meditative for me. I find it relaxing. I don't find it stressful, but even that gets to be a lot of work. You know, you can't meditate all the time.
0: That's true. We did we did like a group (laughs) meditation as part of like uh, Kristen's practice and I fell asleep like halfway through. But I mean, (laughs) that's because it was good quality. Wake Uh, up, Nick. (laughs) uh, But yeah, like it's it's not something it's not a mind state you can be in all the time. And one of the things that I started to appreciate about doing work in the kitchen was knife work because I'm like, I have to be very careful. Yeah. And I've cut myself before, of course, me because too. I have a
1: horrible cut that I got the other day in a food processor blade like Ooh. an idiot. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I'm sure we've all cut ourselves at some point in the kitchen if we've worked in there long enough. Yes. And so it gave me like a certain level of respect for the kind of like attention to detail that I have to have. It's not like, oh, I poke holes in the plastic and throw it in the microwave or I take off the aluminum and slide it in the oven. I'm like, this is all very fine work with a very sharp blade. Yeah. And if I don't take it seriously i'm gonna hurt myself yeah and i mean i know even my sister heidi who has fabulous cook fabulous cook fabulous
1: right? baker oh my god her cakes are to yeah. die for they look like they came out of a fucking
0: magazine yeah but she's cut the end of her finger off yeah did she yeah yeah and they're just like oh she just super glued it but so yeah even someone who is a good accomplished cook who does it regularly like they're still a level of danger there and maybe that's what like attracted me to wanting to cook and then during the pandemic i learned well i started to learn how to bake so i made like a cookie repertoire and so i started an instagram page called sound and flavor where i'll take a song that i like and i'll listen to it and i'll be like i'm gonna let this song like guide the flavor profile Uh of this cookie and so i haven't been doing it as much over the last like probably six months because The show is time consuming. I, you know, especially during football season, it's like I'm probably recording three shows a week, two shows a week, and then I'm writing and doing movie reviews the whole time in between. And so when I get a chance to bake, I'm doing it more for the enjoyment of it and to share it with people. Yes. The
1: relaxation aspect of it. Yeah, I totally. Yeah, I get that. I mean, you know, I've already got all my Christmas cookie dough ready in the freezer, ready to go. I just have to pull it out, defrost it and bake it. But again, time. Who has time to do that? So it's just, it, so that's what this is about. I think this podcast could have legs because look, we've been talking for how long? 45 minutes. Yeah, and, easy peasy. You know, I think it, so if I, I'm interested in feedback, so please email us at bafpod at gmail.com. Please let us know if you think it has legs. And uh, you did
0: you said you have an Instagram page for this?
1: Or no? Yes, at food. But there's no posts yet.
0: Gotcha. Okay. so
1: (laughs) There's no no followers. We're not following anybody and there's no posts.
0: I mean, I I would say start to like at least get like the interactions going there, build some connections, follow other like food bloggers that you like.
1: Yeah. I mean, I have a list of food bloggers that I follow religiously. I have a list of a solid list of 10 great ones. And Instagrammers, uh, Instagram has opened up a whole new world of food for me because a lot of these people don't have blogs anymore. Food blogging is kind of dead. It's all about Instagram and TikTok now. So a lot of these Instagram cooks are life changing, life changing. And we,
2: we also do it completely in the nude. Does that matter? No, we don't Jan Does it matter? No, nobody
1: wants I to be mean, looking at our asses.
2: Trust it doesn't me. Matter. The,
0: the listeners may be interested in that, although it's Trust not me. a visual podcast, well, at least unless, not at this oh. stage. Not
1: unless they're into old people. Oh. <laughs>
2: Never mind then. Yeah. So,
1: you know, I want to share what I know of some life-changing hacks that I learned and just to try and speak to people who are doing all the work in the kitchen. That's kind of what I think this podcast is going to be about, I think.
0: And that's who it's for. Yeah. And when... The
1: people who are working in the kitchen, the people who are the chief, not the one who says, oh, I think I'm going to make my special thing tonight that he makes once every seven months. No, I want the one who's hauling ass every night with something for either each other or the kids or mom or whatever,
0: you know? Let me ask you a follow up question to that. How many or what percentage of adults do you think cook more often than not?
1: Well, that was what I was going to ask you. What do other people do? Like, what do people do for food every night? What do they do? What do young 30 something I don't you know I'm trying to remember when I was young and I, I can't really remember. I know I cooked a lot when I was young but it was just me and a roommate and so you know I would cook for myself or I would do what Jan did make something and eat it for a week but I can't honestly remember what I did but what do people do for food every night what do they do I don't know
0: my my younger sisters that are 32 and 30 they order almost all the time.
1: DoorDash and stuff?
0: Yeah. Yeah. But it's like... That's
1: expensive. It is.
0: She was telling me it was like sandwiches are like $15 minimum. So it's like, as I started like calculating that and then even when we're here and my girlfriend and I want to order something, like I feel guilty because I'm like, that's like 50 bucks like every time. 50
1: bucks every time. And I'm like,
0: we're going to do that multiple times during the week? I'm like, no. So it's like, I want to cook in order to like alleviate that burden of expense. But also you had mentioned it earlier like, when we were first, like, dating, like, in our early stages, like, me cooking was an expression of love. Yes. And so it wasn't, like... Absolutely. It wasn't always me outwardly being, like, I love you. I love you. But it was showing that, like, I want to put in the time and the effort to, yes. like, make you something of quality yes. and to, like, sit down and share a meal with you. Yes. And so I think that's important. Show like, her your knife skills. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, She is very appreciative of it and she feels the guilt oddly enough going the opposite direction of like I, like you're cooking like every night I don't want you to have to cook every night
1: yeah that's funny yeah, so, Dean, Dean is very appreciative too but, and he's funny too because when I told him I was starting I wanted to maybe start this podcast he said oh well you don't have to cook for me as much as you're cooking for me I'm like don't worry about it I love doing it but I also love to bitch about it too but it's not something that I want to stop doing necessarily I just want to talk about it so he also feels very appreciative and I think he felt like oh she's starting a podcast called bitching about food that means you know
0: bitching about
2: me no
1: yeah I'm like I'm <laughs> not gonna bitch about you honey but still I mean it... I'm here
2: to bitch about my mom okay <laughs> well that's sure. fine so
0: if you if you want to listen to the show for that reason <laughs> you'll still get it
1: yeah. yeah anybody in there out there who's in their 90s who wants to tune into a podcast about what it's like to be 90 in your 90s and get cooked for every night and complain about it this is your
2: podcast <laughs> one t- one time um I don't know if you ever saw the movie whatever happened to baby Jane oh my god so one time when my mother this is before she actually lived with me she was just out visiting and I brought her, you know, I was still cooking meals for her every night, and it was like, you know, oh, well, it would be better if it was yeah, you mom know. Likes I mom remember. Likes to I mean, if Kavel. it was only, whatever. <laughs> anyway, what she, thing, she doesn't, us. she doesn't really sound like that. I just make her sound like that because it's. She funnier. does kind of sound like that. But anyway, so I brought her a plate, and I had like a a lid covering the plate so that she couldn't see what it was. And I have cats and they had a, a toy that was like, looked like a big rat. And so I just put it on the plate and she took it off and she, you know, it yeah. was a joke because that's what um, Betty Davis serves yeah. Joan Crawford. Yeah. But sometimes I actually feel like serving her the rat. I'm like, here's your rat because oh, I'm God. tired.
1: I know.
0: So but do feel Do you feel like it's a thankless position to be like a everyday cook? Yes. Yeah. You
2: know? Yeah. Yeah. I do,
1: but then, like, you have to reevaluate your desire for thanks. Like, do I want to be? Because Dean thanks me, you know. It's not thankless. He thanks me, and I know her mom appreciates her food,
2: eh. but
1: <laughs>
0: she eats it. So I don't know if <laughs> exactly. thankless. I don't know if
1: thankless is the right word. It's just there's something that's like um, never ending about it. It's kind of like perpetual that I didn't plan on feeling. I mean, I've been cooking a lot solid for 3 years, really since the pandemic. I don't actually remember. It seemed to be like we ate out more before the pandemic and now I'm just like, nope, I, you know, I it just I it's there's something about it that seems more perpetual, not thankless, but kind of like responsible, like there's a huge responsibility like, oh, I have to create meals. I mean, I actually do this weird obsessive thing where I have everything in an Excel spreadsheet. I have like 30 meals out. I put it in Excel. I have 30 meals lined up and I look at each section of the Excel spreadsheet and I determine if I'm going to follow that or if I'm going to move things around a little bit. I try and keep it interesting, but I don't know. It's There's work involved. That's what I want to speak to, the actual work involved and how to alleviate that or how to have a different mindset about it. Or maybe people are all just sitting around bitching about food all the time and this is their podcast. I don't know.
0: Quite possibly. I mean, when you had reached out to me, like in regards to this idea in general, like me being the kind of person who is not an everyday cook anymore, but someone who does a lot of cooking, who wants to be better about it, to learn how to cook more things. It's, it's more about like self-sufficiency. Yes. Whereas like, okay, I don't have to rely on some DoorDash driver who like yes. quit on me or who, exactly. who made me his eighth stop.
1: Exactly. You know,
0: so we've even switched over to sometimes like we were doing takeout during the pandemic or where it's like, let's go pick it up. And it's like that way, at least we get out of the house. We get to like go and grab the item ourselves. We and did that too. So it's like it, trying to have some self-sufficiency. And I think, It's something that a lot of people actually would value and probably would cook more if they weren't intimidated by the process and the prospect of failing at doing it. And
1: I think that's why the Food Network doesn't speak to me because I don't want to watch Bobby Flay compete with somebody else for the best meal because it's hard. He's a great cook and his meals are not easy. You know, I get an enormous amount of satisfaction knowing that I can make bread that I love, that Dean loves, that we love with basically four ingredients. And it's going to last me the rest of my life for as long as I can, you know, lift a flour sack or whatever. You know, I, I just love mm, the fact that I can... That
2: will be <laughs> pretty soon. Pretty soon. <laughs> Better get on that bread.
1: Listen, you can freeze bread, mm. Jan. That's what's in the book. That's freeze. good. Yeah, that's, that's what's, good. <laughs>
2: I'll that's freeze good. it for when I'm really old, which
1: mm-hmm. is going to be next week. Yep. Anyways, I, I don't know. There is also a great deal of satisfaction involved. With cooking. So it's a complicated relationship. It's it like, is. It's satisfaction mixed with a lot of work mixed with perpetual, you know, I was telling you earlier, it's also kind of about control, like for Thanksgiving, especially I have to control that meal. Now I could, I could wangle an invitation for myself somewhere. I could, we could all wangle invitations for ourselves somewhere, but then you risk showing up and Thanksgiving blows and that would be not great. I'd rather know exactly how to do it and do it and have it really good. And then in the end go, fuck, that was a lot of work." But also feel like satisfaction, too. You know, it's complicated.
0: Yeah. I mean, when I leave my kitchen in disarray oh, yeah. and I'm like, oh, that's a mess. I'm going to deal with that tomorrow. Yeah. But but it's like, hey, it was a success because like my family is all well fed. We had a good time. The food was good. Yeah. Like it's worth the effort that went into it. But food is a very interesting and complex subject in that it's essential In a way that a lot of other, like, creative endeavors aren't. Correct. So I think that's another thing that, like, spoke to me as well. Because in learning how to bake, it's like, well, yeah, I want to know how to make bread in case there's no bread. Exactly. Right? (laughs) Simple stuff (laughs) like that. Exactly.
1: Yeah. I mean, Alison Roman put out a bean recipe. A, it's called dilly bean stew. It's got literally cabbage, beans and broth and, and onions. And it's so good. And, li- and I, f- I think to myself, well, if I have no money, like if I lose my job or whatever, I can make dilly bean stew and I can live. You know, that's that's good. That's a very satisfactory feeling. You know,
0: it's an important life skill.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But people who don't cook, I'm fascinated by people who don't cook. I would love to pick their brains. Like, how did you get to that point in your life where you don't cook?
0: Yeah, that's going to be a guess that you have to wrangle for yeah. your show. Yeah. It, like,
1: how did you, how did you work that? How
0: did you, how did you make it to like mid adulthood? Right. And how, and never you, learned to yeah. cook.
1: And is there something like, did you, did you choose your partner because they cooked or was that subconscious or, or? I know a lot of people who don't cook. They're just like, yeah, eh,
2: don't cook. I, I know people who say, all I need is a picture of a kitchen. I don't need an actual kitchen. It's like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And they don't. Yeah. They don't cook at all. And I also I'm- want to talk about specific diets, too. Like our
1: friend Colleen is coming over for Thanksgiving, and she, um, she has a lot of dietary restrictions. And she's on something called the specific carbohydrate diet, which okay. is fascinating to me because it's very specific. Like you can eat one kind of bean, but not another kind of bean. You can Mm. eat one kind of vegetable, but not another kind of vegetable. But it really helps her. So everything, she brings her own food to Thanksgiving. I'm not, I can't go there. She brings her own food. Everything looks kind of brown, but you know, she eats it and she claims it's delicious. So, you know, we have dietary restrictions. That's another thing we like to bitch about is dietary restrictions for having dinner parties in LA, gluten-free,
2: sugar-free. Oh, well, yeah. Carb-free. I know.
0: I like to give away, like, when I bake stuff and I'm like, oh, this is great. Like, I want to give it to people. And then it's like, oh, well, this person, yeah. this person <laughs> is hyperglycemic. Uh, this person is, they have celiac, so they can't have any gluten. That's right. So there's a lot of different, like...
1: That's another thing about bitching about food. Yeah. Like, oh, this guy doesn't eat shrimp. That guy doesn't eat meat. This guy is vegan. This guy's... It's like, oh, it gets exhausting.
0: There's a lot of stuff to navigate. And that's probably something that is more more common living in los angeles yeah than other places yeah um yeah for sure for sure
2: yeah i'm sure if you go to arkansas <clears throat> <laughs> sorry arkansas say
0: what's a vegan
2: well mm-hmm. i mean i just don't think you're gonna find <laughs> you know people who are i mean there, there's no probably no Erwan in no in... my friends
1: who are vegan though say that la is like the best city to be
0: vegan in obviously
2: yeah, i can see why obviously so. Or gluten-free, for that matter. Because yeah.
0: there's money to be made off of it here, where if you go to a place where barbecue culture is lifestyle...
1: That's right, like Memphis or Nashville or mm-hmm. anywhere, you well, know, like that.
0: Well, you know that, like, the NoHo Arts stretch that's between Magnolia and the train? So it's, it's kind of small, but they had, like, a vegan street oh. fair, mm. and it was empty. And I was like, yeah, because when you're cooking, like, vegan meals, like, you're not having that, like delicious meaty smoke like wafting everywhere so nobody's here it's like you got a juice bar and like this place making mushrooms over here I'm like okay it's not like it's bad food but it's different like when you're grilling outside and it like kind of creates that environment that culture where people like want to be around it because it smells good and I know there's vegans out there too that know that the smell of meat is good but
1: yeah they somehow (laughs) don't yeah I mean yeah so yeah so that's it that's, that's what we have. That's what we have, and we're going to see what we can do with it.
0: Well, I think it has legs. Me too. And that's why I wanted to get you in here, give you a chance
1: Thank you to talk about us. it, to
0: share your opinions. I didn't forget about that salad question, by the way. What oh. was the salad question? The salad question was... I forgot. I, <laughs> I fell asleep. No, I'm kidding.
2: No, you didn't. I didn't.
0: I always viewed salad initially growing up as like, this is the pre-meal appetizer right? right but then as i learned about salad salad is supposed to come at the end of the meal but yet still most people that i know and most like restaurant culture too still treats it as an appetizer so i'm curious since you're bringing a salad is it intended as a post-meal palate cleanser no
2: no 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 uh-uh. no that's 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 what they do in europe yeah that's very french and it's something that has never taken hold here You're right. It's still always going to be the pre-meal. But when you're bringing a salad for... If you're having a normal dinner party, yes, it would be pre-meal. But for Thanksgiving, no. It's It's kind of just on the table. It's on the table. And everyone's like, eh, I want salad And like you say, I love your salad.
1: I love your salad. She makes a great salad. And I like a little color. You were talking about color before. My problem with my Thanksgiving is that it tends to be a lot of beige too. So I like the fact that there's a green thing happening You know, the Brussels sprouts are green, but they're, you know, they're not. Oh,
2: I just remembered I had Brussels sprouts I have to make in my fridge. Thank you. Okay. Well, you Mm, better get on it. We better
1: better hit the road. Okay, Well,
0: I'm going to ask you one final question (laughs) since we're talking about Thanksgiving. Aside from the turkey, what is the essential Thanksgiving dish that has to be on the table for you to say that this Thanksgiving was not a failure? Mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes. Yeah.
2: Mm, What about for you? Stuffing. Yeah. Stuffing. Yeah.
0: For me, I was always a sucker for like just the cheap buttery vegetables. I don't know why. It's like the combination of oh, that with the mashed potatoes. It's like you put the little hole in the mashed potatoes, you put the gravy in yes. there, you dump the little vegetables in the top. And that's a thing of like texture and flavor and color quality as well. So maybe I'm just a weirdo like that.
1: No, but. I think that's great. But here's what I want to <laughs> say. they embrace weird. <laughs> here's, what, here's what I, I want to say to everybody. If you're cooking for Thanksgiving, just know that I feel you. I can feel you through the airwaves and I know what you're going through and it's all going to be fine. It's all going to be fine because you know what? Everybody who's there is just so glad that they don't have to cook that they're appreciative Amen. just walking
2: in the door. <laughs> and- if you drop the turkey, just pick it up really fast.
0: That's it. Don't let anyone see you drop it, it is the doesn't, key. Doesn't <laughs> no witnesses. Drop Does the it turkey. Matter. That
2: could
1: be the name of our podcast. Drop the turkey. Drop no. the turkey.
0: <laughs> well, my, my youngest sister tells me that like she's like, I didn't get the cooking gene. And I was like, it's not a gene. Like it's a skill that I practiced and developed and worked at. And she's like, well, the gene to want to do that. Yeah,
1: there you go. Exactly. The way <laughs> yeah. I didn't get the sewing gene that my mother got. Yeah, no, no, I agree. Thank you for having us. This was so generous of you. Thank you so, much. Of course, it was
0: my pleasure. I've been wanting to, like, actually have, like, a full trial run of the studio with the three microphones, and this was a great opportunity to do it. I believe in your idea. Thank you. And I want to help support you as best I can, so I think this is a good way to at least give you, like, a crash course in what it's like to sit in the studio and have the microphone. It'll be interesting
1: to listen to it and hear, like, what's going on. So the
0: only thing that I will probably edit out is me forgetting what I wanted to say. But other than that, the whole (laughs) thing's going to be perfectly fine
1: <laughs> you have to edit out me asking about the turkey twice <laughs>
2: Can you? Just... we have to have our moments or you can just edit her out no good oh, i've got all the audio <laughs> channels one by one i, I can just so, turn
0: Jan. it
1: off. you wish Jan. okay oh, well thank kidding. you again and
2: happy thank thanksgiving. You, Nick. Yes, thanksgiving thank
0: you so much happy it's all all gonna be okay everything's gonna be fine everybody right. thanks for listening
1: all right bye, bye.